This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I'm your host, Eric Fisher. This is the show where I talk to the people behind the productivity, not just about being more efficient and effective, but about doing work with meaning and purpose. One of the things that we use to be more effective and efficient in doing our work with meaning and purpose is our tools. And one tool has been particularly decided is either a huge asset to productivity or the devil itself. And I'm talking about the Apple Watch. Two people that I know that I look up to as productivity experts have weighed in on different sides of that fence, and I thought it might be fun to bring them back on this show in this episode 100 to talk about it. They've both been on the show before, and in fact have both been in the tools episode that I had back in episode 50 I thought it would be great to have them come back for episode 100 and talk about this. Craig Jarrow, time management ninja, and Mike Vardy, productivityist, weigh in on the Apple Watch. But first, before we talk about the Apple Watch, let me talk about Doodle and tell you I am very thankful to Doodle, not just for keeping my head sane when it comes to scheduling online meetings with one or more people, but also for sponsoring this episode of Beyond the To-Do List. And in fact, this series of sponsorships and supporting of this podcast. What is Doodle? Doodle is the best way that I have found and 24 million other people have found to schedule online meetings with one or more people. It's really easy to do. All you got to do is sign up at beyondthetodolist.com slash doodle. Create some meeting times that work for the meeting that you're wanting to have. Send that invite to those people and they can check what of those times work for them. The great thing is, is that this then is done right there for you where everybody can check what works instead of having to ping pong back and forth across email and other communication methods to figure out what works for everyone. It's a huge time saver. It's a headache saver. Doodle even has personal branded pages for scheduling meetings with people called Meet Me. And they also have premium Doodle, which is $39 a year, which gives you extra features like calendar integration and notifications and a lot more. Go ahead, take the pain out of your meetings. Go to beyondthetodolist.com slash doodle. Get started with Doodle and get started scheduling meetings without that pain. Hey, this week I get to talk with two of my favorite productivity experts, Mike Vardy and Craig Jarrow. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks, Eric. Glad to be thanks here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to this debate. Yes. So the debate here is the Apple Watch. Is it good or bad for productivity? Uh, let's start with the fact that were, did either of you have any experience with wearables <clears throat> at all prior to any of the announcements? This is Craig. I, I did have a little bit of experience with wearables. I, I backed the original uh, Pebble watch on Kickstarter, and uh, I wore that for probably a good nine months. Uh, as well, I tried the Jawbone Up, the original one that had to be recalled. Um, so not a great experience with that that fitness device. But, but yes, I, I've played with a few of the wearables out there. What about you, Mike? I have not played with any of them. Uh, I have not. I didn't back the Pebble. I didn't, you know... Uh, obviously I haven't picked up an Apple watch, so no, no wearables, not even a Fitbit. You know, I, I, I've, le- I've let my phone kind of do the, do the work, uh, for all that stuff. Okay. Uh, for me, I had used a Fitbit and that was about it. And honestly, I never, 
pulled it out. And, uh, actually, I kind of incessantly kept pulling it out and checking to see where I was with my steps, so that was also a distraction. So there you go. Um, what about when they first announced it, the rumor mill coming up to it and when they announced it? Because I know that, Mike, even though you're on the uh, con side of this argument, you were about to purchase one. I was. I was all lined up and ready. I actually have two still favorited in that little uh, mobile, <laughs> the iOS <laughs> store. They're still there. Um, no, I was ready. I mean, I bought uh, the initial original iPhone when I couldn't get it in Canada. So I actually got it off of eBay because when, if you'll recall, when the original iPhone came out, um, you couldn't get it in Canada. It was U.S. only. So I actually had to get it unlocked, bring it to Canada, do all that stuff. And I was one of the... F- First, at least in my city, to have an iPhone. And then the same thing with the iPad. So, I mean, I, I had the first iPad and I got the 3G, like the initial, like not just Wi-Fi, but I went full full guns for that too. So I have a history of buying the first iterations of Apple products. And I was excited about the watch because I I, I initially said, you know, hey, this is going to be something that I feel that I can use. And when it was announced, I didn't really dive in too deep. I just, hey, it's Apple's new platform it's its new medium um i'm i'm probably going to jump in but ultimately i didn't what about you craig um what's the what's the question was i ready to get it right at launch yeah what was your when they first announced it like everybody's saying hey they're gonna announce it they're gonna announce it and then they did along with all the u2 stuff but what what was your initial impression of the watch my initial my initial impression was probably similar to Mike's in that you know I, I'm I'm obviously a big Apple fan as well and and I have many of their products and I, I've gotten them in the first generation as well. Um, very excited for it. I, I really do think that wearables is where we're headed. Not maybe what we're seeing today and some of the things we've seen in the past with some of the bulky fitness trackers or Google Glass or anything silly like that. But I was excited about it and and I was excited in terms of the usability, which I know we're going to get into in a minute. Um, I will say this about the interesting the launch though. I thought it was very interesting. As much as it was big and big and splashy, and they they showed a few things. If you remember back at the keynote when Tim Cook originally just you know showed it off, they really didn't do a, a, a full demo of it. No, um, and there was a there was a lot of questions unanswered coming out of that. It was like ooh Apple Watch, but they didn't really show a lot of it, and they didn't even tell a lot of it. In fact, it wasn't until some of the after stories and some of the reporters got in there and touched it and stuff that you found out. Like for example. In the original keynote, it wasn't even revealed in the keynote that you could take a phone call on the watch. Mm-mm. Seems like kind of a big omission. So again, I appreciate all the splash and, and the potential of it, but I think that's really all they were teasing was the potential. And I think a lot of that potential is still to come in terms of what this can evolve to be. Yeah, that was my official initial uh, reaction. I was actually more excited about the U2 stuff, actually, because uh, I'm a long, diehard U2 fan. But uh, well, well, good, because you got the album whether you wanted it or not. I know. Well, it was, it was <laughs> Apple's fault, not theirs. So, hey, Tim Cook screwed his crew. He's a bigger U2 fan. Yeah, there you go. He's an even bigger U2 fan. Um, the thing for me was is I, I, I remember watching through that announcement and thinking, okay, so it tells time. I wear it on my wrist. I can send a message, like an iMessage. I can do, like, I, it was, you're right, it really wasn't clear, like, the, the, the selling point of what the benefits were. And I think that was still even the the, the banner that was carried forward, even after mm-hmm. people started receiving mm-hmm. the watch when it was being sold, was, what's this thing for still? Like, we still don't know what it's for. The people, the the... Yeah, news media in general, I, and I think already sold on it. it, it let me let me uh, let me clarify something. I just realized that I actually did put a wearable through the paces uh, a, a Samsung Gear for the next for the it was for the next web. I think I, I did it. Um, so I forgot about that. That's how that's how invested I was in wearables, and it was a bad experience because the the Galaxy Note that I had and the Gear the the phone and the um, the watch had to be within such close proximity for it to actually. Do what it needed to do. So that may have also shaped my, you know, when I saw what the Apple Watch was doing, I'm like, okay, how close is this going to need to be to the phone? Because I remember having the phone in my backpack and the watch on my wrist, 
And the watch like, sorry, I cannot connect to phone. And I'm like, whoa, hold on a second. It's right behind you. Like, so, <laughs> so there was, there was that, but I mean, because I knew that Apple's quality control and what they, what they deliver, uh, in my estimation, and I mean, we're all Apple fans here. Let's, let's, let's not, let's, let's not pretend anything different. Yeah. Um, I figured, you know what, they're going to make it better. Uh, so that's why I was kind of curious, but yeah, I mean, uh, I think the messaging that they put out there from, even like you said, even until now was very much like, here's this thing. Um, it's pretty awesome. It could do a bunch of stuff. You can figure out what you're going to use it for, uh, based on the stuff that it does now. And then kind of like the initial iPad where I looked at it and I'm like, there's a little pinhole in the top where a camera could have gone, but they didn't put one, mm-hmm. you know, uh, there's other stuff in here that we either haven't unlocked yet or haven't figured out, you know, what the applications could be. Like, apparently, I read an article the other day that said that the Apple Watch might be waterproof. Like, I, I'm not going to test that. I don't think anybody should. But, I mean, there are probably some things that the Apple Watch can do that either aren't revealed yet or aren't realized yet. Yeah, and that's a that's a great example, Mike, the, the, the waterproof issue. And, and I'm wearing an Apple Watch right now, um, so it, I can appreciate that that I, that fact. And I mean, for Apple not even to comment on that, and I guess it, you know, they they've got a, sil- a single line on their website about the the water, whatever. But I mean, how do you release a product and not say what the specification is <laughs> well, on water? I mean, want, can I they, take it in the shower? Can I take it in the pool? I think I it's a, li- a, li- a liability thing for yeah, sure. Like I, if it breaks, you're like, you know, especially with Apple Care. Like I don't know very many watches that have. I mean, again, they've they've put Apple Care in there. Most right. watches are are not going to require that, right? Um, and I don't think. I mean, if anyone buys the Apple Watch Edition, um, you know, hello Kanye West. Um, you know, although he probably got a gift to him. But anyway, well, uh, you know, I mean, I don't think anybody's going to go and say, okay, I, I think people are going to be more careful with this thing because yeah. of the Apple logo on it, too. Well, I bring that up, though, because I think it's going to come up later in this conversation because there's many other things that still, and I'm wearing a watch right now, um, that are still not revealed by Apple, as you said. And, uh-huh. and there's still many specifications and, and many things that they really haven't talked about about this device. You know, another one, another example, not take us too far off track here, is, you know, the, the port. There is a port. If you remove the band, there is a port on this watch that isn't talked about anywhere, isn't talked about really on their website. You know, developers are starting to discover it. But again, it's just weird that you're, you're releasing yeah. a device and not even talking about the specifications. I, I, mm. think that, I think that a really good statement to make here would be this is version one. Just like there was the iPad one and there was mm-hmm. the iPhone one. And we remember where those went later on. We remember how more, how much more advanced hardware and software-wise they right. got from this point forward. Yeah. I do think it's funny. I think the reason they're not saying that it's uh, you know water-resistant extreme, because it's not waterproof, but it's like uh-huh. water-resistant to the extreme, is because they don't want to tout that and have people test it, especially after... Right. Bend right. gate because then you'd have another literal water gate. So. Yeah. Uh, nice. nice one. Nice one. Um, let me let me jump in because I wrote a blog post about this and I kind of used that line that you know this kind of is this is the 1.0 just like the original iPhone was the the first iteration and it, it's ironic because somebody put a picture on the internet of of the original iPhone next to the the the, the Apple Watch and. They ironically look a little bit similar with yeah. especially if you got the, the rounded silver, corners and the, the rounded corners and, and the silver and yeah, it looks very similar. Um, and and it's exactly like that. I mean, I remember the wonder when we first got that that original iPhone, and you know, you could open. You remember, there were no apps, there were no app stores, just the on you know the onboard apps. There was no there was a single page. You didn't even have a, you know multiple pages of anything. But you know, you could do things like open up that Maps app, and you were just like amazed that it could find your location on a map and do all this neat stuff. But yet, there there was no potential there yet. You know, you couldn't do anything magical or, or you know have any of those third party apps or anything. So I think that's what Apple is kind of doing: is they built this wearable, they built this new platform, and yes, they're they, just as they did with the iPad. To your point, Mike, you know, they're going to let the developers kind of spell out over time what the use cases are that really work. Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search, just match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch that busy work. Instead, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. I wish I had Indeed when I was in the hiring process in roles in the past because it is a slow, arduous headache of a process to find the right 
right people, or at least it used to be, join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to find and hire great talent fast. In fact, in the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash to-do list. Just go to Indeed.com slash to-do list right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash to-do list. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's something that works so well, it basically feels like magic. For me, I'm thinking air conditioning, noise-canceling headphones, definitely. Meeting-free Fridays? What about selling with Shopify? (coughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch-your-own-shop stage to the first real store stage, you don't have to just sell your own stuff anymore. With Shopify Collective, you can curate products to sell from brands you love and give your customers more variety in your business more sales. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. Shopify also helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort. Thanks to Shopify magic, your AI powered all-star sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash beyond. Again, go to shopify.com slash beyond now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash beyond this episode is brought to you by sax.com at sax.com it's easy to find your new vibe dive into the western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott, or go full 90s throwback with platforms from prada you can shop for everything on your agenda whether it's a breezy zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright chloe blazer for brunch Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at sax.com. Right. And I have, I'll have make, go ahead and make a comment on that as well, which is I don't think many people have figured it out yet. My, my opinion on this is, and if you look at the App Store right now, and, and Apple touted, you know, there's two or three thousand, thousand uh, apps that were uh, Apple Watch ready at launch. They don't get it. They really don't get it. You know, putting a, a, a an iPhone app on the Apple Watch makes no sense. Mm-hmm. It is not a phone. It is a watch, and it's good at certain things. You know, glances and and small bits of information. But I, my personal opinion is is good for single purpose apps. It's good for single either pieces of information or single actions. Um, for example, I'll give you one that I think actually is well done. Uh, Uber. You know, you've got your Uber app, which is pretty pretty simple app anyway to call a car for you on the on the Apple Watch. And you notice how many times I've almost said iWatch on the Apple Watch. Um, you open up the Uber app, and all you get is a single button to call a car. Boom! That that's a single purpose app that works really nicely on the watch. Yeah. Um, let's not let's not jump right into yet. Let's let's do one other quick kind of clarification. I, I want to point to the fact that. This doesn't work by itself as much as it does work as a satellite to your phone. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It doesn't connect right now. It doesn't connect to a MacBook, and it doesn't, as far as I know, unless I'm wrong, Craig, uh, connect to iPads. It's just it is. You know, I, I, no, you're right, and that's a good thing to spell out. It is. It only. It does. It is a satellite. I like that 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 idea. It's a satellite to your phone, which actually I think is one of its best use cases. Um, it's a satellite to your phone. It has to be connected to an iPhone. It doesn't work or hasn't been jimmied to work with any other devices yet. Um, it's Bluetooth 4.0, so the range is about 30 feet from the phone, or well, give or take. Yes, but, and, and I hope I'm not going to stick my, my foot in my mouth with this one and somebody proved me wrong on this, but if you look on Apple's website, it is Wi-Fi as well. And here, here's a very interesting use case. When I'm at home, this will jump on the Wi-Fi, and you can be separated from your phone. And and, and again, I hope I'm not misspeaking on no, this I, one. Well, here's the, here's the thing. Uh, yesterday I was hanging out with Cliff Ravenscraft, and he was wearing Apple Watch. And he his phone was downstairs in his office. He was upstairs, and you know we're talking – I don't know. I don't know what the distance was, but he was in the bath or not the bathroom. That would be weird. The <laughs> <laughs> well, 
answer. Hey now. One of the best use cases for the Apple Watch is to answer phones in the bathroom. Um, right. He was in the kitchen and his wife called and he literally taps his wrist and he's talking to her and then he's done and taps it again. He didn't have to have his phone in the pocket, didn't have to pull his po- phone out of his pocket. And But anyway, I'm, I'm – no, I mean you're bringing up you're you're bringing up some good points because I think that one of the things that users want to see, and I think this is probably one of the reasons why again why I didn't necessarily pick one up, uh, is because you need to have such that close proximity to the phone at present. You know what I mean? Uh, if I'm going to want to be fully present in a moment, right? Then, like, let's say I want to go play at the park with my kids, and I don't want and I want to be fully focused on that. I have two options. One, I bring my phone and I put it in airplane mode, right? Or two, uh, or I limit my notifications or put do not disturb on or something like that. Or uh, two, ideally, if this was the case, I have an Apple Watch and I bring that and I only get the notifications that I have set up on my Apple Watch and I don't have to bring my phone with me, which means I have some constraints there. But right Mm -hmm. now, if I was going to do that, I'd have to bring both, right? So that's Or leave both at home. Or leave both at home, right? Right. So I mean, let's that. that, This is where I'm going with this. Is Mm -hmm. let's not pretend we've not already dealt with an obtrusive, interruptive device that has become very much ubiquitous. Right. Mm -hmm. And 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 I mean the the thing that I guess this is. I guess we can dive into this a little bit. I mean, one of the things that, and Craig, you can speak to this because you have the device. I would love it. I mean, if Apple, when you set up your uh, your watch, and you can kind of give me a, a clue, and all of us a clue if this is what happens, is if it gives you the option to choose your notifications almost immediately, or if it does what all of the devices do and turns them on all, all on by default so that you can, quote, get the most out of the device, end quote, I think the watch would, it would drive me nuts because you, there's so many notification <laughs> possibilities there. Yeah, yeah. Like does it does it say uh, here are all right welcome to Apple Watch blah 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 hey here are the notifications you have set up on your phone based on the apps that you have installed you know the the native apps that are here which ones do you want to get on the watch and then when you install an app obviously it says you know you get that anyways on the phone turn push notifications on or off you can make that mm-hmm. decision there but I don't think it does that does it, it, it everything's on by default and you're going to get bombarded as things happen. This is definitely an area of opportunity. The Apple Watch app itself that resides on your iPhone is very much 1.0. In fact, I'm a little bit, I'll say it, disappointed with, with the initial version. Um, y- there's a single screen where you can scroll through all of the apps, and you have to click into each individual app to decide whether you want to push it to your phone. So a little bit, little bit uh, tedious there to control those when you should be able to see them all from that list. I'm sure Apple will resolve so- that. So there's no syncing it. You can't sync it to like your MacBook or anything like you do your phone and select which apps you want or anything anything like it's that. It's all it's all controlled from your from your iPhone. So oh. there's an app on your iPhone. You control it from there. You can do everything from installing apps, changing the notifications like Mike was referring to, and then as well, you know, you can even on the on the it's a pretty slick little interface. If you've seen the screen that has all the apps on it, all the little bubbles floating around, you can actually rearrange those on your iPhone and they rearrange on the watch. That's really no different than what happened with the Samsung and the Galaxy, like the Galaxy Note, right. the Galaxy Gear. Like you had to control things from the phone. There were certain things that you could do. Again, everything was controlled. Like you said, it was a satellite device. And that's kind yeah. of – I think that's one of the things that, that kind of – if you have the phone – like if you had an – and that's the thing is I guess if you had an iPad, you could also have the, the Apple Watch hooked up to iPad. It doesn't have to be the iPhone, right? Yeah, if, if that's – well, no, not now, but obviously that's going to be a, a future thing. It's an iOS app, right? Or does it have to go on the – that, um, that app is only installed on your phone when you upgrade to a certain like 8.3 or so. I, yeah, I, no, I remember it showing up directly on my phone. So that's I believe I believe they've limited it for now, Mike, to just the phone. But you're right. Eventually these devices will connect to other devices. Here, here's my take on that. First of all, there, there is a settings uh, – menu on the watch itself and you can control some very basic settings really really just the watch itself any like you just said t- setup apps any of that other stuff is all done on the watch on I'm sorry on the phone and and I guess that's it's, it's kind of by design in terms of if I'm changing a, a you know I'm tweaking something that controls the watch itself I may do that on the watch you know it's a small screen but if I'm doing setup or app installation or going to the app store that's all done on the on the larger screen on your iPhone 
Right. And it's a no, I mean, we, I guess ultimately what we have to concede to, at least at this point, is that the Apple Watch is a notification device, largely. You know, it tells you, hey, something's going on. You can respond to it whichever way you want. Or, hey, I forgot to do something. Let's say, like, I was having a conversation with Kyle Baxter. Uh, he's the, the developer of Bezel and, and stuff like that on Twitter. And he was saying that things on watch, the workflow is interesting because all it does is it encourages – on the watch, it basically says, assemble your agenda for the day and consult just that list. So it's very limited. But you could take a look at it and handle things right from there. So it's, it, right. the constraints are, are – and we know that constraints are helpful when it comes to right. productivity. But the problem in my mind is – do you need to have technology give you those constraints or can you right. just have the willpower of saying, okay, you know what? I'll pull out my phone when needed and I won't pull it out when it's not needed. And I think that that's, I mean, it, it's, that to me is, is, was a big factor in my decision. And that's right. a different uh, skill or I mm-hmm. would say muscle at varying different strengths for depending upon who you are. Well, can, 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 let me talk to that a little bit because I've been wearing the watch for a short period now. Uh, let me talk about that kind of concept. But it's something else I want to get into a little bit later is, is I'd love to talk through the main uses that I use it for today. Sure, I'm yeah. actually using it for. But let's talk about that because I think you said it right again that it's a notification device. It's a satellite. You know, it's this secondary screen to your iPhone. I think the biggest thing for me, you know, there's been a lot of concern from people that, hey, I don't want something on my wrist constantly interrupting me. And yes, it can definitely do that. And, and, and we can talk about the taptic feedback because I love it. But it's the same thing as if your phone is ringing or buzzing in your pocket. And if your notifications are set on your phone to go off, they're going to go off on your watch. You know, it's the same thing. It's just where do you want the interruption to happen? So I kind of disagree with the fact that it interrupts you more than your phone does. Because in some, some ways, I think it's better because it, it kind of you know, encourages you to take control of your notifications, which a lot of people don't do. And then in some ways, when I, I, there are notifications that I want to reach me. Actually, one of the use cases that was most important for me was getting the messages that I do want to not miss. So for example, you know, if my wife is messaging me and I have my, my uh, phone in my pocket or I've left it on a table somewhere, I may not get that notification, but with the watch, it'll tap me and I'll see it real quick. Can you have Um, custom taps? You cannot yet, but I, I I love that feature on my phone. I have a special uh, alert my for my yep. Yeah, I have a certain buzz that that means it's from my wife, and so yes, I, even when it's in my pocket, I love the fact that I can tell that it's come from a different person. Absolutely, well, that that, that needs to come for the watch. Can't can't the, I feel like I remember them saying that the whole taptic feedback thing, where you could somebody else's watch, they could tap it like one two three and you would know who it was, you know, based on their tapping, not that's, that's true. Yeah. I think, I think I read something about that too, but I I think it was David Sparks who said his family has like a secret. (laughs) Yeah. He he had tap or something. He wrote that. He wrote that before he had the watch. I'm not sure you can actually do what he's talking. It's a great idea though. I mean, like for example, you know, if I'm, his example was he's at a party and he wants to go and he wants to be able to silently alert his spouse. But you know, for example, you know, if I'm out, if I'm out at Costco, one of Mike's favorite places. I'm out at Costco and I'm trying to find my wife, and we can't find each other. It would be nice to be able to, instead of ringing her phone, which she's not going to hear in her purse, be able to tap her on the wrist on on, on an Apple Watch or something like that. Um, I don't think it works that way. And, and I, I guess if we want to go into it, the whole emoji and the heartbeat functionality and and this whole drawing on the screen. Those are neat little. They're like, neat hey, little. Look, look, look what the technology can do. I don't know what use case it has, but look what it can do. Yeah. Very much demo-esque, but not real useful. I, I really haven't used that stuff at all. Really haven't. That's actually been some of the stuff I haven't touched at all. What's the um, what's the stem like, you know, the, the dial? Because I know that, that depending on your fi- – like some people have said that, you know, the uh, if you have small fingers, it's a lot easier to deal with. If you have bigger stubbier fingers, it's like a bit more challenging. Have you found that? I have not found that. Now, I have what I would say is medium to smaller hands and wrists. Um, no, I think the digital crown is very easy to use. It, it, it actually works great for what it's intended to be, you know, scrolling and things like that. It's like, um, old, it's like old school iPod. It is. It, a little bit, oh, yeah, yeah. So, a little bit. Um, the controls definitely are going to confuse people out of the gate. And, and I, I read some, some 
hilarious reviews online, uh, especially Jefferson Graham at USA Today, who had a lot of trouble with the controls. Um, but yes, there's there's a side button, and there's the digital crown, and you can tap on the face. So it's a little bit more complex than 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 your iPhone that just has a single home button. And of course, that digital crown both presses and can be turned. So there, it's a little bit different. It's not an iPhone. It's a, it's an Apple Watch, and, and it can do some different things. Um, so some of that's a little bit hidden. For example, the button that's on the side, if you double tap that, it brings up Apple Pay. If you didn't know that, it might be hard to understand. Another one, which uh, I, I, I think a friend showed me and is a, is a great one to know, is if you double tap the crown, it brings up the last app you were in, which is, is something that people are looking for a lot because by default, when you raise, it to, raise your wrist, it brings up the, the watch. So if you want to get back to that last app, you just double tap the crown and you're there. So, you know, some of those controls are definitely going to confuse people a little bit out of the gate if you're not used to it. You know, just like, you know, if you handed somebody an iPhone today and they didn't know that you double press the home button to switch apps and things like that or hold the home button to bring up Siri. I think the the real sticking point here, as far as productivity goes, let's go let's go right to this main issue, I think it is, which is a lot of people are saying, why do I want to have something on my wrist that also alerts me to other people's in, in, intentions for me or uh accidental you know butt dials all that kind of stuff and the thing it, the thing i want to point out is is that craig you'd say it keeps me from looking at my phone somebody else would say um it doesn't keep me from looking at my phone because i still have to use my phone or keep my phone on me and mike you have a whole other different take on that let's go through that spectrum real quick let me start and just say no i, I, I yes of course you have to have your phone with you because it it is tethered to your to your phone, you can separate them, but you lose a lot of the functionality. But again, for me, an interruption is an interruption. If your phone is ringing, shut off the ringer. If the notifications are buzzing, turn off the notifications. But I, I, I agree there can there can be a perceived uh, greater interruption of something tapping you on your wrist versus your phone buzzing in your pocket. But my experience has been a little bit different. I mean, when phones go off in a conference room, everybody hears it. If it's on silent, it's ringing, you know, it's buzzing or it's vibrating on the table. Um, with the watch, it's, it's very subtle. You get this, this small tap on your wrist. Um, I'm sometimes able to glance down at my wrist and, and just let it go. You know, oh, no, not interested. Keep going. Um, I had my watch, you know, notified me of things that I wanted to be notified about, but other people in the room were unaware. It doesn't light up like a Christmas tree. It doesn't, doesn't buzz or make noise unless you have the sound on, you know, intentionally. So, Again, it's all user preference. If you know, just like the guy who never shuts off his phone in a conference, if you set your watch to buzz and to ring, it's going to buzz and ring. Right. I mean, again, I think a lot of this is behavioral. And what my concern is with the Apple Watch is just another thing that you have to behaviorally modify. And it, it it's it's I'm not saying it's a band-aid over over another problem. You know what I mean? Because I don't think that's accurate. Because I think a lot of people, you know, yourself, David Sparks, I mean, we I think that that you're going to mitigate those things up front. You're going to say, okay, what do I, you're going to be thoughtful about when you set it up. A lot of people just are going to open it up, throw it on their wrist and do that. And like, I want to see what it can do. And then they never get to the point where they say, okay, hold on a second. What do I really need to get notification wise? Because you're right. As soon as you, because you know what? I, I would imagine that with the watch, as soon as you do it with the watch, you're going to do it with the phone. So you're going to start to think about it critically across, not just the watch platform, but all of your platforms. So, but and I think that that's something that you, you can't you have to foster. I think you have to say okay. And this is one of the reasons why. And Eric, to, to my to Eric's point, why I'm not getting it is is I haven't worn a watch in a long time. Reason is well, first off, the phone tells me what time it is. If I need to know, I'll pull out my phone and see what time it is. Uh, secondly, uh, I don't want. I would find for me that by wearing an Apple Watch, it would make me less present in the moment than not ha- than 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 you know than than say having it because or than not having it because like I know if I wanted to go like let's say I'm going to go for, for my reading workflow if I really wanted to say in the morning I want to read for a half hour I just go to my watch and hey Siri which is I think another thing that's really weird for the Apple Watch I've heard that you have to say like hey Siri before every single instruction but uh, I could say, um, you know, touch the phone and say, all right, I want a timer set for 30 minutes. And it'll do that because it has the watch built in. Um, I, I think what would happen is I would start to be more, uh, I wouldn't say conscious about time, but I would be more, I would emphasize time a bit more with the watch. Um, and when it becomes more independent from the phone, 
and I could say, hey, you know what? I, I don't want to bring my phone with me because I don't need to look at Twitter or Facebook or whatever like that. I, I don't want to have that with me. I'm just going to bring the watch. I think that might be the time where I say, okay, it might be worthwhile. But for me, I don't – I mean I can <laughs> – it's odd because of my the way I work. I can kind of gauge what time it is just by what I've done throughout the day or what has happened throughout the day as opposed to, hey, what, is, what time does it say? Oh, my God, I need to go do this. Or when I look at my watch and I say, oh, there's 15 notifications here or there's – or I, I feel it every few minutes. So I think it would become um, – uh, I think it, that would be – that's my biggest concern with it for me. Um, yeah. I, think, I think it has the potential to be more uh, – to increase productivity especially if the apps are designed in a way that says get in, get out. You know, hey, I want to check my watch. To, oh, here's a thing I have to do. Like Trello. Trello doesn't work on the phone yet, right? I can't see it. How, how would it? Does, yeah, tre- you know, you know what I mean? Like, you, what are you, you, say? are you saying on the watch? Yeah, on the watch. Does, is yeah. there a Trello? Is there one? Yeah, there is, there is a Trello app. How does it work? Because, I mean, it's it, it, the nature of it. Most people want more screen real estate for the Kanban right. style. You know, how does it work there? Like, do you um, – I'm embarrassed to say I have not played with the Trello uh, app on the on the watch, but see, there's an example of where I'm not sure it necessarily fits on the watch. Now, right. again, I'm gonna I'm gonna apologize to Trello in advance because I haven't tried it, but I'll give you the opposite example: Wonderlist. Love yeah. Wonderlist on the watch. In fact, I just used it a, uh, this morning. I was at the grocery store and I just lift my watch up and I can check, check, check as I go down my grocery list right on my watch. Okay, is that absolutely necessary? No, but it is more convenient than you know pulling out my iPhone 16 times while I'm in the store and putting it back in my pocket. Right. And I think it's odd. You know, I mean, when we talk about wearables, remember what people used to wear when they got their mobile phones at first? Remember the belt holsters? Yes. That you could slide them in? That was a wearable. Right. Like you put it on, it was there. And I mean, if it's in your pocket, as far as I'm concerned, it's, you're wearing it. Like, I mean, right. you're, you're, you know, so, uh, and the other thing that I find fascinating and Brett Kelly, a uh, friend of all of ours, uh, he, tweeted like upon almost upon release of the iWatch or the Apple Watch. See, yeah, he called the iWatch. Uh, he said, I wonder how long it's going to be before it's illegal to check your watch while you're driving. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, and that was one of the things that uh, I've, I was, I had a, a, a kind of time with Cliff where I grilled him. I was like, okay, what about this? Okay. What about this? And he said, one of the things that, you know, it, to be able to have your, your wrists, your hands and you know be able to glance at your wrist and see who it is and ignore it while your hands are on at two and ten or right. the, other, the other way, which is like what eight, eight and four or something. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> whatever, whatever. I think you get to work earlier if you do that. There maybe. you go. Yeah, <laughs> nine, and five, nine and five. Um, was that you know instead of having to find the phone, tap the phone into speaker mode and all that kind of stuff. If it's a call you really do need to take, um, you could, you literally tap your wrist and then you're still just looking straight ahead and you're driving and you're talking. And, and, and again, Apple's not going to advocate, Hey, do this because that's going to get them in a lot of trouble. No. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Craig. I'm not in favor of any distractions in the car, but yes, I would agree with Cliff there. It, It is definitely less distracting to, to glance at your watch as opposed to, you know, pulling out your phone, which nobody should be doing in a car. Well, the, I, I the, this is this is where the custom ringtone kind of haptic feedback would be ideal. Because frankly, if it just taps once, you'll be trained mentally to go, "Okay, I don't need to look at that." But if it's haptic from like your boss or your wife, yeah. you go, "Oh, wait a minute, okay, yeah. I should take a quick look." Oh, at that. well, here's a use case, and it actually involves what you were just talking about with the haptic feedback and different notifications. I totally forgot about this till you mentioned that. And actually, I love this use case, and I and I've used it not intentionally but accidentally. Um, when you get driving directions via Apple Maps on your phone, it automatically brings it over to the Apple Watch, and when you're driving, it gives you notifications on the watch. That's kind of cool, and it actually gives you different taps based on what is coming up. If you're turning right, it gives you a series of solid taps. If it, you're turning left, it gives you, I think, three long taps or something like that. But, but wouldn't it just tell you though? Does, can't the watch just say? Does it say turn right here? Or does it? I believe the the phone still does tell you, but there, it is pretty neat to have it tapping. I mean, if you've ever been driving down the highway with a mm. GPS on and still missed a turn, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think know, this is a little bit different. It actually taps you, and you're like, oh, oh, I got a turn here. Yeah, I think pretty neat defines the Apple Watch. Yeah, in a lot of ways. Like, I mean, it's not going to be if you if you didn't have a phone, if it didn't require the phone. 
and right. then it'd be like, okay, and you have an iPad, let's say, or an iPad mini, uh, then, or, or, or the iPhone plus, let's say, and you're like, okay, I don't want to carry this behemoth around with me wherever I go. I just want to have it for certain situations. That's one thing. Um, but I think at this point, like we've said, it's like that 1.0 and, and uh, I don't know, I can't wait to see what they, like, I'm to doist. I, I know that they built a, a watch app and I'd love to get a chance to play with it and see how, from task management perspective, right. how, how much it could do. But I don't see it as, it's, it's, none of these have ever really been necessary. A smartphone has almost become necessary for a lot yeah. of people in the world. But Absolutely. the watch, the watch is, like you said, Eric, it's, it's a nice satellite. It's the, yeah. hey, it's convenient for me to look at my watch and see this thing. But it, it, it's like anything else. It's it's that whole, you know, garbage in, garbage out. You know, whatever you whatever you use. I mean, and I was looking at an ink article about it, and you know, I mean, there's there's every review has like this is how awesome it is, but it can also this is some of the drawbacks of it. Like The Verge said that, and you know, Bloomberg said that, and and the Wall Street Journal, and, and all, you know, the New York Times, all of them said these are the great things it can do, but also it can distract you, and and you right. have to really be careful about these certain things. So I think that there's if you're for me, the reason if you're on the fence, it's it's a lot of money to throw down. Yeah, that, yeah. That's the thing for me is is I wasn't even sold originally, and then gradually warmed up to it. Right now, even if I could, I mean, even if budget wasn't an issue at all, if I could just go out and get one without any consequences whatsoever, I would still have to question whether it was better for me to wait for right. like version two point or three and I say this from a person as a person who has given a talk where in the midst of that I said, look, I'm wearing a watch right now and held it up. And it was a regular watch that I had started wearing for a few months at that point. Uh, this was like 20, late 2012, no, 2013. And it was because I wanted to stop pulling my phone out of my pocket to check the time and then see the little shiny swipe to unlock as like a, an enticement or a temptation to then dive in and look at every app and see that right. nothing really good had happened and it didn't matter. Well, and I also think a lot of people are going to say, what can I, I mean, the iPhone, yeah, I mean, it's a contract, so some people, it's not a lot of outlay of money. A computer you can do so much more with, so you're more apt to say, oh, well, you know, for $500 or whatever you're going to lay down, that's, I'm two-thirds of the way to an iPad or, or you know, right. I'm all the way there to an But a watch... Hmm. It seems like it has too many. It's it, it's just uh, it, it has too many constraints for some people. For others, that think that's going to be great. The convenience factor, I think, at this point, is outweighed by you know too many questions and and a price point that you could say, hey, you know what, for that four or five, six, seven, whatever you know watch bands you get or whatever, it, you can say, okay, you know, what, I could put that money to use elsewhere. You know, and I think that that's that to me is is, is another big. Reason my wife was all for me getting a watch. She said, "If you want to go get it, go get it." You know, it's a write-off. <laughs> it's right. a company expense. But I'm like, right. no, it just it didn't make sense at the time. Not just in terms of you know cost, but philosophically as well. The way I kind of treat time, the way I treat tasks. Right. Let, let me jump back in. Sure. And I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying, Mike. In fact, I want to go back to something you said a few minutes ago. But no, for some people, it may not be worth the cost at this point. Again, maybe the original iPhone wasn't either. I think that wearables are going to continue to evolve and and prices will you know maybe come more in, into different different you know levels and things like that but it definitely is kind of an early adopter piece at this point it, it is definitely not a cheap device um i want to hone back in on something you said a minute ago around you know is it more of a convenience factor right now and, and it is it, it does a lot of things more conveniently than pulling my phone out which I, I will say is a big time saver you know eric you said a minute ago you know you pull your phone out and you see that shiny button and you start get you know that that for me is one of the biggest you know productivity use cases is keeping you off of your phone um you know you pull your phone out of your pocket probably 200 times a day and you know many of those times are just to either check the time or check a notification and you know you pull your phone out and you're like ooh i have 16 facebook updates and i have a news update and i have this yeah but that's and that's thing you, that's next, notification mitigation though i mean that, that's that's well, a human it, thing it's, notifi- it's notification but eric's example was the shiny you know slide to unlock yeah, button yeah yeah i, I, I get it you pull your phone out to check the time and next thing you know you're 16 levels deep in your your news feed or something like that um but but let me go back to something you said a minute ago around around the the convenience factor and uh, you know I, I actually want to 
paraphrase a couple things that Steve Jobs said way back when with the iPhone and the iPad. And there's two separate ones here. One, if you remember with the iPhone and, and there's this this kind of mythology around the development of it and the, the secretive team that made it. And supposedly Steve Jobs told them, you know, make a device that people won't leave home without. Right. And I think that we all agree that if you leave home without your phone, you turn around and you go back and you get it right. You need that phone. Yep. If you leave the if if I leave the house and I forget my watch right now, which I haven't done yet, eh, I'd be disappointed. I'd probably be bummed, but I'm not sure I would turn around and go back and get the watch yet. It's not something I have to have, especially if I do have my phone with me. So I think there's that difference. And I don't know if that holds up as an argument, but let me keep going here, which is remember when the iPad came out, Steve Jobs presented it. One of the things he said when he was trying to make the case for, you know, is there a is there a case for a device that's between a laptop and a and a phone? And that's what the iPad is and what a lot of people are still trying to justify. And he said it has to be better at some tasks than a phone and a laptop. And that's kind of where the iPad positions itself, right, in between. Some people would argue it's better at email. It's better at reading books than obviously a phone or a laptop. You know, it's better at certain, you know, tasks that, that don't require a keyboard or don't require the portability of a phone. So I guess the question for the watch is, what is it better at than your phone is or your computer or whatever else you want to compare it to? And, and I'm not sure. I'm not, you know, this goes back to the beginning of our conversation. I'm not sure what it's better at. It does convenience. It does Apple Pay even better than the, the phone does. It, you know, I just mentioned the Uber app earlier. You know, it does it quicker than pulling out my, my phone perhaps, easier maybe, one button press, but... I think that's the case that will continue to evolve both as the hardware changes and as the software, you know, starts to evolve and figure out what is good on a mobile, you know, on your wrist as opposed to in, in your pocket. I think for me, one of the big things to convey here, and I mean, is, is first off, I mean, I think one of the cool things that it should be able to do at some point, maybe it does, is to control your Apple TV. You know, you're wearing it. It does. Okay. Yeah, and it does, right? So, I yes. mean, there are certain elements that I definitely can see it being okay you know, and by the way, I think people would probably be more apt to either. I mean, it's a wearable, so they're going to go and wear it as much as possible. And I think one of the, the the advantages and also drawbacks of it is that, like, say over a Fitbit, a Fitbit does one thing. Well, it covers one area of responsibility, which is health stuff, right? Like how many the watch can cover so much more. So for some people, that's going to be a huge boon, and for others, because of their ease of distractibility. It's going to not work so well for them because the Fitbit, you'll put it on and say, okay, you know what, I'm, this is what this thing is supposed to do, so I'm going yeah. to let it do it. Whereas the watch is like, it can do so many different things. I think ultimately, if you're going to get a wearable, know that you're that you're bringing it closer and closer to your your body, to your present state. You need to make sure that, okay, you know what, do I need to get notified when I have 16 Facebook notifications? Do I need to get notified when I get email or do I need to just get a notification from, let's say, my task app or a reminders app to say, check email? Right. You know, like, do I need like mitigate those reminders and those notifications so that you're not getting because it would drive me nuts to get like my my a, a taptic. It's kind of like the Pavlock that uh, Manish, uh, uh, Manish said he's, is created it's like it, it, what he's done with this thing is it's a shock device that is used for productivity to wear on your wrist, right? So, I mean, there's going to be uh, – that's that's a means to, you know, train behavior alternatively. And I think that what you need to do if you get an Apple Watch or if you get an iPhone or whatever device you get is look at it and, and before you – when you power it up and you add stuff to it, don't say, you know, I need to get everything. Just say, what do I need to get? What are the essentials? What are the things that that – you know, do I need to get every notification or every email or do I need to just get a notification say, hey, check email and I want it to go off three times a day or I want only emails from my boss and from so-and-so to get through. There are ways to mitigate them. And I think if you do that, if you take control of the device instead of letting the device take control of you, then yeah. that's where the productivity can come in. But I don't think a lot of people do that. I know yeah, a lot that- of people don't do that. That's that's you and I agree on that topic, and, and you know the whole. I talk a lot about you know technology being a leash for most people as opposed to a, a productivity tool, and and yes, it is about taking control of it, controlling the notifications, controlling how it comes through, everything else. Um, Not to mention the fact that the device that we live with every day, our own body and mind, has that as well, where we've got to manage our thoughts and emotions and feelings and you know all that kind of stuff, and you know you can do that with reading or our rituals or uh meditation so yeah we want to have more missions than questions 
Yes. So I, I man, I'm trying to figure out where do we where do we like land on this? Well, I want to go into one more topic. Let's I want to go. It. I want to go through a real quick list, and yeah. I haven't even, I haven't written it down, but I, I want to go through a real quick listing of what I have been using the watch for. Um, again, I, would I want uh, an email to come through on the watch? No, I wouldn't. Would I like a Slack notification? Yeah, that that might be cool, and I get a direct you know a, a an at message to me via Slack. That's pretty cool. Here's some of the things I've been using it for. No particular order. I do think that Siri it, it really shines on the Apple Watch. Uh, definitely have experienced a little bit of the slowness sometimes with Siri. Uh, to answer your question, Mike, you don't have to say "Hey Siri," although you can. Um, but you can press and hold the digital crown just like you press and hold the home button on your iPhone and activate yeah. Siri. That's that's how I activate Siri. And, and one of my favorite uses for Siri has always been text messages. I'll, I'll so I'll kind of Dick Tracy esque. I'll hold my Apple Watch up, press the crown, and say. You know, tell my wife that I'm on my way and, you know, boop, I can send that text off. Pretty cool. Um, So Siri really shines, in in my opinion. Um, Again, a lot of the single purpose apps have really been shining for me. Um, I do like having a watch. It's a great watch and I use it for timers. I use it for checking the weather. I use it for a lot of things that I can see right on the watch face without having to go into an app itself. Um, Some of the apps that have, have shined for me. Um, I mentioned Slack a second ago, Uber. I love the fact that it's a simple app, one button press. Um, I actually did use, uh, Passbook the other day. I bought, uh, my son and I went to see the new Avengers movie and, which was, uh, aw- which was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I got my tickets into Passbook on my phone and then boop, they're right on my watch. And the, when I went to the movie theater, the, the attendant just scanned my watch and we were in. So that's pretty cool. Again, Apple pay. A quick double click of the button, and, and your credit cards are right there on your on your watch, ready to go. Uh, very convenient and, and very nice uh, for places that accept that, like Home Depot, Walgreens, McDonald's, other places. A lot of airports starting to accept that. Um, what else have I been using it for? Uh, yeah, I, I have to go back to that phone thing again. Would you ever have a phone conversation on your watch? No, you wouldn't. But it is great for answering a call that you don't want to miss in a pinch. You know, I'm putting my kids in the car. I have two kids. I'm loading them in the car. and My wife happens to call me at that exact moment. You know, sure, I could call her back in a few seconds. But, you know, it'll come up on my watch. I can answer it and, you know, talk right into my watch. Hey, what's up? I'm loading the kids in the car, you know, and we can we can talk real quick there. Again, you wouldn't hold a, a business call or anything else like that on the watch. Well, you could if you have Bluetooth headset, right? Like you could just tap, touch it. And I mean, it's the same thing with the health stuff, right? Like those Beats headphones that we know are kind of, I mean, you could have Bluetooth headphones and you could do workouts and yeah. stuff like that with it too. So I could definitely you, you see You can it. do that. You can do that. Yeah. Um, I'm just waiting for the ring, you know? <laughs> I knew you were going to go there. Because <laughs> I want the custom Green Lantern ring face. That's what yes, I want. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think one of the things that, you know, the three of us aren't necessarily super into with using the watch for or even I I guess I probably could be uh would be the, the the whole health thing. It's got a lot of great stuff there. I know Cliff is using a lot of that. Yeah, screw health. Who needs but, it? Uh, <laughs> we're, we're I can first. I can I can comment on that. And and actually I have I have a pro and a con. Uh I'm actually very impressed with the Nike Plus running app. Uh works great on the Apple Watch. I've used it for probably half a dozen runs since I've gotten the watch, and it's great to be able to control it right from the watch, start my run, stop my run right from the watch. It's just a little bit more convenient than starting it from the phone. Um, it is different than Apple's workout app, which you know they demoed in the keynote and has those nice circular displays. I'm actually not a huge fan of that, but I'm not a huge fan of the whole Fitbit count my steps type thing, which yeah. is kind of, what, kind of what that is. It's kind of tracking your steps, tracking your activity and then it even has this whole stand-up thing that that's one area where i'll agree with you mike that i I, i'm quick i was quick to turn off that workout app because i don't need it tapping me and telling me to stand up in the middle of something that's but that's me some other people might might want that some people and for anyone who wants to do any kind of quantified life stuff then this kind of thing is going to be helpful because you can you know really get granular about like okay how many steps am i doing how many this I mean, I think all of us kind of try to measure certain things, but I mean, you can you can go overboard with it for sure. Any other closing thoughts, Craig? Go ahead. I mean, you've, you're the one that owns one, so um, I'll close with a couple quick thoughts. And I was just I was just opening up my apps here and seeing. Now, see, this is interesting because I've mentioned most of my favorite apps already on this on this broadcast: uh, Uber, Slack, Nike Running, Wonderlist, Passbook, which is a built-in app. But I'm looking at my watch right now, and 
you know, to your point earlier, Mike, I'm like, wait a minute. I don't remember installing that app. And it's an app that I don't see a use for on my watch. So I'll probably uninstall that. But um, no, I think single purpose apps are, you know, Shine, you know, you know, Passbook, Uber, uh, you know, things like that where you can, I control, I control some of the lights in my house uh, with, uh, if the, if that, then this and uh, Wemo. Um, so some of those apps really shine. Just to kind of summarize what we said, you know, I think it is kind of a glimpse into the future, just like the original iPhone was. You know, this device is definitely, you know, many steps beyond the other wearables that are out there right now. It is one point. Because you own a Pebble. I mean, so, I mean. I did own a Pebble. And the the Pebble was very different. And remember, that's an e-ink display. Mm -hmm. So the battery life was, you know, a week or more on the Pebble. Um, I'll go ahead and mention that. No, we haven't mentioned that on this call yet, but you know, one of the big concerns everybody had before it even came out was the battery life and oh my gosh, it's gonna, you know, can't even make it through the day. I have not had a day yet where my watch uh did not make it through the day. In fact, I usually get home and even before I go to bed and I us- usually still have above forty percent uh on my battery. And and I don't use it heavy, but I don't use it light. I'd say I'm a moderate user of it. The battery life is is great for a full day. Uh, the other interesting thing about it is it charges very quickly. I would say less than 60 minutes, uh, my watch will recharge fully. So I'll usually throw it on the charger actually in the morning when I'm working. Um, I'll wear it all day and I'll even wear it all night and use it as an alarm clock to tap me and wake me up in the morning without waking up my wife by making noise. So yeah, the battery life's not an issue for me. I think it's exciting to see where this goes. I think in a few years we'll have wearables that aren't tethered to our phones, that do many other things, including communications and including even more health things that we can't imagine today. Um, yeah, I think, I think it's going to be an exciting time. And I think this is just the stepping stone to that. For me, I think that the Apple watch is probably the most carefully considered purchase of an Apple device to this point. I think the iPhone was pretty much for a lot of people, a super, you know, excitable time. And we've got to the point where it, it basically kind of really took the smartphone industry to a whole new level the iPad basically, you know, again, it, it kind of really sparked the tablet movement. The the Apple Watch, um, while I think it is going to revolutionize the wearables industry, I don't think that – I think, first off, some people aren't ready for it yet in terms of do they need it? Secondly, uh, will they be responsible with it, for lack of a better term? So it, you need to – like there are – luckily, there are lots of articles out there. Luckily, there are lots of opinion pieces. So you can say, okay, hey, is this for me? Is this not for me? From, for, from my standpoint, I will – I would imagine at some point uh, I will probably get an Apple Watch, probably version 2. I would imagine that will happen just based on the nature of my work. But it's more – like I said, it's a, it's a pretty neat device and it's not a necessity. It's, it's a convenience thing. And you better, if you're going to pick it up, make sure, like like we were saying, you mitigate those distractions and those disruptions because they will kill your productivity. They will they will outweigh the benefits, the conveniences of the Apple Watch tenfold if you don't mitigate those. Yeah, I agree, and I, and I think that's the same with your, with your phone, though. And yeah, uh, I, I, yeah, it's I, it's no different. I think it's just that much closer to your body. It's that much more. You know, I mean, you can't if someone's poking you on the shoulder. You you know <laughs> you're going to notice it a bit more than you know the phone in your pocket, especially if the phone's on silent, right? Like this is a bit more. It can be a more of a disruptive force. So just make right. sure again you control the device. Don't you are you own the to- don't let the tools rule you. You rule the tools. Right, right. Hey, Good. Like- I, I will say that uh, I, I don't regret my purchase at all. I've, I'm very happy with the watch, and I think that would be my sum up is it's a great watch. And it's it's going to change, I think, what just like the iPhone changed the definition of the word phone and what it means and can do. And our kids, you know, when, when they think of a phone, they don't think of what we think of as when we think of a phone. I think this will eventually change the definition of, of the word watch in terms of what it can do capability-wise. Uh, and then just to respond to that last thought there, Mike, you know, when I when I am working or when I'm going to sleep or something like that, I just swipe up here and I put my watch in privacy mode and nobody's tapping me. There you go. Uh, I, you know, the next the next time we get together, guys, we should talk about the new Apple TV, which I think we'll all, do, all agree will be a productivity killer. It, it was great to talk with you again. Where can people find you online? Um, this is Craig. My name is Craig Jero, and they can find me on my website at timemanagementninja.com. I've been uh, writing there for about five years, so come check it out, timemanagementninja.com, just like it sounds. Uh, Mike Vardy here, and you can find me at productivityist.com, and I am at Mike Vardy on the Twitter.
Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you later. Cheers. Thank you very much. So do you have an Apple Watch? Are you getting an Apple Watch? Are you interested in wearables at all? Why? Why not? Let's start a conversation over on beyondthetodolist.com slash 100. You can leave a comment on the show notes for this episode. I would love to start talking with people and see why or why not they're interested in this tool that can do or not do, (laughs) can do things to you or do things for you or do things that shouldn't be done and all of that. I'm just, I'm interested. I want to know. Thank Craig and thank Mike for being on the episode. Go leave your comments beyond the to-do list.com slash 100 and go check out doodle at beyond the to-do list.com slash doodle. Start scheduling your meetings without the pain of trying to figure out when it will work for everyone. Let them tell you, let it all line up in an Excel spreadsheet. Then you can go close that poll and notify everyone. This is the time I've chosen. It works for everyone. It's done. Thanks again for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, go let me know through iTunes. Show some love to the show. Beyondthetodolist.com slash iTunes. Leave a rating or a review. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you next episode. Beyond the To-Do List is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast. Theorize over the TV shows Once Upon a Time, Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, and Under the Dome. Laugh with our clean comedy, delve into science fiction and philosophy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews, and more at noodle.mx. Hey, thanks for listening to the end. If you're looking for a show to start helping you apply these productivity lessons on your business, check out Millionaire University. It's real lessons from real entrepreneurs teaching you what you need to know to improve your business or start one if you've been putting it off. It covers all aspects of business from starting, marketing, growing, managing, and everything in between, wearing all the hats. And as an added bonus, I am conducting a number of those conversations, those interviews. So you'll fit right in. Again, that's Millionaire University. Just search for it in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this podcast.